Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 221. Uh, joining us this week, longtime GFOP, Maria Valace is here to talk with me about cat-related issues, about uh, anxiety, about art. Great conversation. Love talking to Maria. Uh, also this week, um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff this week. Uh, we're going to talk about some... I mean, I, I had a rough week. Uh, the show came together. I'm happy we pulled it together. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about anxiety, uh, but I have some fun stuff, some entertainment stuff. I have some great history lessons this week. We're talking about Ryan Gosling. So uh, lots of other stuff to keep us uh, excited and engaged. I'm so happy that everyone uh, is back. Uh, and as always, we are so happy to have you here on the YouTube. <laughs> that, that's how my whole my whole day has been. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see you, though. Guys, nice to see you guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show, folks. It's the Uticast, episode 221. Uh, Heather is back again. i got to stop saying back again. Know, now. You've I've been, been back a lot. A wh- for a while now. Someone asked me when we need to, when we stop giving her a hard time about it. How many episodes in a row does she need to be on before we stop giving her a hard time for being on consistently? You know when you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just sort of know uh, when you know. Um, but I'm happy to have you guys both here. Uh, I'm not going to step on too much of the interview that I did uh, with Maria, who was back on for the first time in a little over a year, so it was nice to talk to Maria. Uh, but we talked a little bit about anxiety and my issue with uh, Charlie the Cat, which I've been talking about on Twitter, which a lot of people have been responding to. So thanks to all the people out there who've been... Responding along to the saga of Charlie the Cat. Um, but yeah, I had like a little bit of a mini panic attack this morning. I was already not feeling kind of well. Uh, and, I'm, you know, we've talked about this many times on the show before. But <laughs> I think what always makes me laugh in like a morbid way, not to get too morbid, <laughs> is how very quickly like my one problem descends into me like going over every single problem that's not really <laughs> tangentially connected to it and like sort right. of yeah. and sort of building like the the narrative where like it's all on one string yeah. if i just give it all it could all fall apart yes. assembling your own gales from top to bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's and it's funny how quickly you can get there yeah from like from just, like, a single moment. And I think a lot of it is me coming to terms with uh, the fact that Charlie the Cat is the closest thing I have to a child. So mm-hmm. uh, now that I've been concerned for him, I had overwhelming concern for the first time in a long time about something that wasn't, like, a close family friend or human being. Right? That was a little weird. Sure. Um, but I think that sort of set it off this morning. So thanks to all the folks who helped me out today along the way. Kelly Bailey, my sister. Aaron Higgins. Kev. Mm. Justin. I didn't see it, so... Well, I didn't, I didn't talk about it much today. It was uh, Poor thing. I don't know that I did anything besides remain steadfast and resolute in the background. <laughs> well, that means a lot. Sometimes that's what just you mean. Just being there means a lot. I did. It was weird. I got like physically sick this morning. Oh, I can imagine. I was very like. Un- I was confused because like I woke up and you were like in the house. And I'm like, shouldn't you be at work? You're like, I don't know, man. This cat. It's crazy. I called oh. out. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It, well, I, I did wake up early this morning, and I was in pretty bad shape. It was, like, full-blown, like, mm-hmm. panic attacky mode, and yeah. I was just, like, not to get too gross, I, like, threw up a couple yeah. times, oh. and I couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah, it sounds like it. I could, like, well, then it's, like, now it's, like, 5 in the morning, right? And I'm, like, up, and I'm just, like, ah, like, I'm, I'm like, lay in bed now. I was, like, took a shower, <laughs> just kind of stayed up. And, just waited. Yeah, and I just kept mm-hmm. feeling worse and worse, and it's all right. Uh, but that's okay. Back to normal tomorrow, because... It's funny, though, because this is the other side of the coin I wanted to get to. Once you get a little bit farther on through the day, and I talked myself through all the terrible things that were going on in my life, and I was all falling apart, and everything was on a thread, and it was all ready to fall through. Within, like, two hours, most of my issues were solved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that's all... Like, life was ending. Yeah, yeah. It feels... And I, think it, and I think that's the hard part to understand for people who don't don't go through like having a panic attack or an anxiety mm-hmm. attack regularly once in a while. That's the part that is hard to describe to people. Yeah. Is it's there really quickly and then it it can fade away really quickly yep. too, right? Just little moments and seconds that change your mind and your opinion. So so if you're having a rough one out there, folks, just give it a little bit more time than you're giving it. And maybe uh, a new solution will pop up, even <laughs> if it's, especially if it's something small. Not with something big. If it's something big, go talk to somebody about it. But. Uh, there you go. That was my anxiety rant for today. Kevin, do you have anxiety after listening to my anxiety rant? Your anxiety rant did make me a bit anxious. <laughs> no, I'm anxious about the anxiety. I'm on a, I'm on a hair trigger here, razor's edge. <laughs> um, so, uh, we can, we can get into just some, uh, some regular news and stuff this week. I also want to make one statement that the last two episodes of the show have been very long. Mm-hmm. Really long, longer than I had planned on the breaking week. the record this week. <laughs> no, so I have a. Uh, I'm on a pretty. I really oh, would like this show to be a normaller amount of time for people. An interesting strategy for making the show shorter is I doing can... preambles before your segments <laughs> about how it's got to be shorter. Yeah. Well, I just adding words. Yes. <laughs> It's true. I mean, responsible uh, little kid with the squeeze cheese bottle. <laughs> uh, so I got. Uh, so I started off here with. There's a lot of stories we could talk about, but let's start with. I have four brief entertainment stories that we'll go through, and this one is a sad one. Did you guys see Eddie Money yeah, died? I played week? his music. Mm-hmm. I love Eddie Money. Actually, I had a lot of hits on Eddie Money. He uh, didn't know he was 70. It seems. Yeah, you, it makes sense. Is I that guess, if, for me? I still look at him like like a 40 year old or something. Yeah, yeah, because like, he. There's that one picture of him on the Greatest Hits CD mm-hmm. that he's always perpetually like he was like 40 in like 1981. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a particular Eddie Money song that you like? If I Could Walk on Water. If I Could oh, Walk on Water. I do. I, put, I love that one. I like, um, I like Baby Hold On. That's a really oh, yeah, good one. That one's got one. like the yeah. good minor key intro. Uh, Take Me Home Tonight's a big that's one. That's a great one. But yeah. also just the song Shaken. Which is a good, which is off the, it's like a B-side on the Greatest Hits album. Go listen to Shaken. That's a uh, classic from the Famo and the Wookiee days. Uh, it did give me a reason to send text messages to my GFOP Dano of Eddie Money stuff and just make it Eddie Money jokes. Is that the only dead musician you've got? Uh, I, it's the only one I have for right now. Is there another one? Yeah, we should mention that uh, Rick Ocasek from the Cars That's down. right. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I always, I always. Cars considerably better than Eddie Money. <laughs> right. Well, I think the cars. I didn't smirch any of these men. Well, I, this week. No, it's true. The Rick Ocasek thing snuck up on me today, and I I think about Rick Ocasek a lot because I love those first two Weezer's albums. Yeah, yeah. And he produced at least the first one. I don't know yeah. if he produced the I don't second think one. The second no. Um, but I always kind of equate Weezer and the Cars as kind of like 
uh, mirrors of each other, like parallel versions of each other, mm-hmm. sort of like popular bands in their day that were a little bit different mm-hmm. than... So we play a couple of car songs in my mm-hmm. band, and um, I've played a lot of Weezer songs over the years, and it's funny because they're more than just what people talk about, like there really are some similarities you notice when you're playing, like certain decisions people are making to tweak to like a major or minor note where you wouldn't yeah. expect it in the way of like switching up the progressions they are very very uh spiritually similar to one another yeah so that's pretty spot on i always feel it when i hear those songs they have a particular type of like intelligent sort of rock and roll music it's got like a certain mm-hmm. and I, i'm not not to speak to weezer's like no, I know what you mean. Current, mm-hmm. you know, cover songs. It's tough to explain in the modern era. How good <laughs> yeah, those first yeah, yeah, it loses a little bit of context. Uh, we, I think we've said this before. You have a favorite car song? Is it um, probably just what I needed? Just what I needed. Yeah. Uh, That's we, the one we play the most. We play that song quite a bit. You got a favorite cars song? You know nothing about the cars? You got a favorite, your favorite Eddie Money song? Yeah, I, I, songs. I like my music like I like my movies like one star. One star. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say Eddie Money is. One star. How many stars is Eddie Money? <laughs> would you? Who would you put on the level of Eddie Money? Like, um, like is he in that sort of Huey Lewis in the News territory? No, Huey Lewis is above Eddie Money. Above Eddie Money. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Eddie Money. Like the low Eddie bu- Money, you catch for free at the state. Fair. I know. I saw him at first. <laughs> you know what I mean? when I was little. So yeah. They gave away. Some, mm. A friend of ours went to an Stop. Eddie Money concert <laughs> where they were giving away. <laughs> See, they were giving the away free. Thing. Do I have nothing free, in common? I have the worst movies. Free worst gifts music. from a bank. <laughs> it was like a small Statue of Liberty. It was some credit Stop. union or bank. <laughs> I swear, ask Dano about it because it was him, and he got Eddie Money to Those autograph. Are the you see me at. <laughs> he got Eddie Money to autograph this little plush Statue of Liberty. Stop. Yeah, so that's Eddie Money's oh, tier. Man. Eddie Lewis in the news exists above that. Uh, and here's a real little kid thing. Here's a little. I don't even rate them that high. Here's. <laughs> It's a real. I don't even love you. A little, a little, a little, a little kid thing. I always confused Eddie Money and Billy Ocean. I don't know. I don't know why. Just because the one word name with a cool title at the end. Uh, I don't Eddie know. Money always reminded me of Meatloaf. No. I actually, I like kind of guy. I went on a Rick Springfield. No. Rick Springfield. No, Rick Springfield. That was Jesse's girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same that thing. is, Jesse's girl is like ubiquitously more popular than Rick Springfield is. Like that song. Jesse's girl on. is another song that we play in this cover band that I'm I in know. and people go nuts That's for Jesse. Like every time we, we always song. laugh because it's a really, yeah. it's a really simple song mm-hmm. and it's a really played out song. Everybody in the band is always like, all right, here we go. But every time we do it, like, people go, and like, girls who are like 21 years old going nuts knowing everywhere. I don't know where this song has permeated the culture. <laughs> All across the board, people go nuts for Jesse's girl. Is Stacy's mom the new Jesse's girl? Is, you play Stacy's mom now, you're like, okay, this song, and then people go nuts for we it? We don't play that, but yeah, I feel like people do. People would go nuts yeah, for Stacy's mom, yeah. Man, Fountains of Wayne, remember that was a, that was a thing. It's not, it's not on my notes here, by the way. I'm just, wow, Fountains oh. of Wayne. That's, that was quite a thing. Uh, more entertainment news. Felicity Huffman was sentenced this week for her role in the college admission scandal. She got two weeks in prison and a $30,000 fine. You guys think that sounds about right? A little light or a little heavy? Remember what she what hers was in comparison to to other, other. people. Yeah, so. right. It seems kind of light although but she light. she also seems like the only person who kind of threw herself on the Mm, on the sword responsibility for her actions mm-hmm. yeah they putting Aunt Becky in jail they but she's the out? one who has more she like yeah Aunt Becky's like, got much more intense charges like, from yeah. what it sounds like that's gonna take longer I think Huffman went through because she was so like yes I'm guilty with yeah. I'm gonna go with it and mm. yeah. 14 days 
in prison. Still, I don't know. I mean, it's not a lot of days. I'm still not trying to spend 14 days in prison, I suppose. Do 14 days staying in your head. I'm sure I could. Uh, the $30,000 fine would bother me more, I suppose. Me personally. Hey, you. What are you... Oh, so, okay, let me ask you guys this. If you have the option, you're going... You can either go to jail... For 14 days or pay the $30,000 fine, you're going to jail for to jail 14, for 14 days, days, right? It's like a vacation. I feel like that's <laughs> well, that's a great point. <laughs> I guess it's 14 days. Yeah, yeah, Zach, I'll see you later. Right, I'm just going to go to the the Hilton. Like me currently? Or me you, if I'm Felicity Huffman? If you're Felicity oh, Huffman. Oh, if I'm def- Felicity Huffman, take the money. Yeah. Take the money, yeah, take right? Take what I owe $30,000. It's a like, joke if you've got like millions and millions and millions. Yeah. Are we under the pretense that Felicity Huffman has millions and I guess her husband. Yeah, she her she had a huge, yeah. yeah, she's got a huge career. She was in, I bet she made a pile of money off Desperate Housewives. I bet she's made money off all her movies. William H. Macy gets money. They're still getting those shameless checks. They got mm-hmm. money. I'm not, I'm not weeping for those two. Uh, I don't know. You sure she can afford it? Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant us. I'm like, no, I just go to jail. No, 30, 000, yeah, 14 <laughs> days in jail is worth more to me, or is easier to deal with than $30,000. Do you have to then, yeah, but if you if you do the 14 jails, days in jail, do you then have to explain yourself as somebody who went to jail in the future? You Would you not have that, to do like that? Job interviews and stuff. No, if you paid some fine, you paid no. some fine. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, so, yeah, I don't want a yeah. record. That's a good point. I'm trying to actually be on paper as incarcerated. But if, she, if she's famous, that doesn't matter. For her, yeah, yeah it's but different. For us, That's it'd be like saying. we That's never get another job. Question. Uh, last piece of entertainment news: uh, Netflix acquiring Seinfeld. That was the big Saw story. That on my way here, it came up on my in news 2021. Alert. In 2021, right around the time they're going to lose The Office and Friends. You'd think that NBC would not let them have it. <laughs> they probably are out of their I don't think NBC something. has it. Well, who, yeah, who? Yeah, it's I, true. I feel, like, I feel like Jerry and Larry have got their rights squared away to a different degree. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It seems like. They're the last guys out. They made all that money. It's hey. true. Uh, I initially had a segment about the, uh, the Democratic debates I watched on Thursday, kind of on and off, but uh, I mean... I don't know. I feel like most people have have gone through it already. Did you have any thoughts about the debate? Did you watch any of it? Did you watch I any think of the just debate? Beto's crazy. Oh, that was I think the big talking point. Was... I think he's just lost his mind. No, let him be crazy. Somebody's got to get well, out there okay, and draw fire. It's okay, but he's too much. Like I wouldn't want him running our country. No. But he's I, out... I mean, I it's fine that he's saying what he needs to say. But he's nah. out. He's out there to That's draw my only cover thing fire. I want to talk about yeah. That. That's a good yeah, point. He's though. out there to draw flack. Well, also I think too when you are polling from a position of like you're only in like the 1% or you're in the bottom percent. Yeah, you kind of have a little bit more carte blanche to say more stuff to like get more people sure. paying attention to you. I saw a lot of people talking afterwards about Julian Castro going after Biden real hard and it's like, well, you kind of expect that. He's polling at this number. He's kind of trying to do this is still a, a, a popularity contest. From more spot to lie. Well, yeah, that's what true. Do you, I mean, yeah. what are we, everybody's like, there's this weird, like, uh, this, this whole, like, emperor has no clothes syndrome that's yeah. infested everything we talk about in the discourse. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, spot the lie about what this guy said. Oh, you can't say that about Biden. Well, why not? I mean, yeah, why you know not? I mean, yeah. like, he is old. And he does look like he's lost a step. So why not point that out and be like, why did you just misremember what I said two minutes ago? It's not wrong. No, you're right. And I think there's a lot of people making that argument. Uh, too as well. Those like there was the people who were on the he shouldn't have gone at Biden so hard. This is a disqualifier. But if it's a, you weren't going to vote for him anyway, it's not a disqualifier for you if you say that. It's just like, generating content. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. content generation, uh-huh. article generation. And the only other one, I felt bad for Bernie. Bernie seemingly lost his voice before Tough. before this event, and he I was. What it's like. I can't imagine how tiring it must be oh, to yeah. run any kind of even like when people are running for like you know 
even in their own state, people who run for Congress and stuff. That'd be something yeah. that'd be interesting. I don't know if you ever asked it, so like I know you've had um, Congressman Dizzy on the show, mm. but asking about what that grind is really like, and on a presidential level, it's got to be insane. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we've talked about it somewhere along yeah. the way, but again, like for every step up you go, mm-hmm. the magnification on you is probably higher and higher well, and higher. Like, you see it even on like House of Cards or Veep or something like that, where it's just these people are go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go for like a 16-month cycle. Uh, just a follow-up from last... We're going to move away from entertainment, by the way. Uh, this is from Splinter News, but this is just a follow-up. We talked about the vaping last week. Uh, and then this week it came out that New York is, is going to be the second state to ban the sale of flavored e-cigarettes. Uh, Governor Cuomo told reporters on Sunday that he was looking into emergency order to ban the sale of flavored e-cigs this week in New York State. Uh, I could read his quote, but I don't do a good Cuomo voice. I don't know what his voice sounds like. My question is this. So, and again, maybe this is more like an explain it like I'm five question. If they ban e-cigarettes, what happens to all the e-cigarettes that exist in the stores currently? Like, is someone yeah, going to come in like a prohibition thing and just take all the jewels and like put them in a sack and take them away? I don't know how it works, right? Like, I'm not sure. They could probably sell off. Oh, they probably have a time frame of when they're going to do it. They're not going to probably be like tomorrow. They're right. Man. They're going to be like in 2020 yeah, no longer. Yeah, that's how right. time to sell. It's not going to be like a there. day one if yeah. you catch with one of them. People will be able to yeah. sell off the inventory they have. In my mind, it's like Rex Bannon from like The Simpsons, like kicking in the door, like pulling all the beers off the shelf. Hand and, them over. Yeah. yeah, smashing all the jewels and pouring the liquid out on the ground. I'm trying to imagine what it will be like if, when it's illegal and people are just caught with them. What are they going <laughs> to yeah. What is your consequence for this? Well, we found the perpetrator uh, in the alleyway with a, which Smoking seemed to be a USB watermelon port. Yeah. E-cigarette. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the e-cigarette <laughs> prohibition that's coming. No, I mean, I, I we talked about it. Like, there probably needs to be more research on what vaping actually yeah, does to sure. your body and lungs. But uh, I, do, I do sort of like the idea in my head of like an untouchables <laughs> style like prohibition around the e-cigarettes i'm with you on that uh any more thoughts on that before we go to break no. anything that's on all right we'll go to just a break then uh let's go to this week's interview uh with maria Valais, who again love talking to maria she's the best we talked a lot about uh what happened with charlie the cat so if you want the full story we talked about that a little bit talked about anxiety we talked about art uh, we talked about a lot of projects she's working on so great conversation as always thanks to maria uh, we'll be back in just a moment. One cat. What's your cat's name? Emmett. Emmett. I saw a picture of Emmett yeah. <laughs> um, on on Instagram when I was going through beforehand. No, yeah. uh, so the general story uh-huh. is that Charlie walked in one day, uh-huh. and I leaned down to give him a you know a little pet head rub, pet yeah. on the head, and I could feel like there was something yeah. above the the eyebrow on the forehead, like on the sticking out, yeah. and not. You know, sometimes you get, you know, you get a tick or a bug or dirt or whatever. You just reach and grab it out. He was obviously not trying to let me, like, touch it or get yeah. near it. 
So this went on for about, I don't know, 12 hours. I would say it was like noon oh when I God. got home. Uh, <laughs> that night, Justin comes over. Yeah. With tweezers and the peroxide, and we're trying to get this thing out. Oh, my God. So we take this thing out, and we get the peroxide out of him, and he yeah. is, he's so mad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He, I have to admit, he took it better than I thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of gun-shy about whether or not I should take him to the vet. I'm yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on him for the next, like, 24 hours. Yeah. But um, my concern is trying to get him in any sort of crate or container to oh. get him to the vet is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Like he is not He's prepared not. for that. No. Um, See, my cat likes small spaces. He gets into, like, drawers and, and boxes and would, things like that. So he's easy to get into a crate. I could trick him but, once. Yeah. One time I could trick him. But then you got to get him back in. Then i got to get him back in on the way home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and I have to admit... Um, I've been very anxiety-ridden about it all day. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it's because I don't have kids. Yeah, me, so I'm in the same boat as you. I, I can't even tell you the, the worry I have about my animals. I mean... Well, I felt so stupid. I'm on the phone with my, my boss, who um, I'm talking to about work stuff. Yeah. And I haven't seen the cat in... I don't know. He left last night. I hadn't seen him in like 24 hours. Oh, my God. So I'm, like, freaking out. I'm a total anxious mess yeah. this morning. And I'm on the phone with my boss. I'm trying to tell him, like, yeah, I'm not feeling great. I'm going to come in tomorrow. Yeah. And as I'm having this conversation, yeah. I look down and Charlie's walked back in. And I, <laughs> I like, casually. I burst into tears, like, on the phone. Oh, my God. like, my cat's back. I got to call you back. I can't. I got to call you back. And I hung oh. up and I was so happy to see him. But uh, he's, it's tough. Again, I, I don't have kids. So I'm assuming yeah. that Heather can explain this to me when she comes on later to do the rest yeah. of the podcast about whether this is what having a kid is like. If you haven't seen him for like 10 hours, you lose your mind. You're just like, I don't know where they are. I can't help them. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you seem to, and I, I was on your Twitter today a little yeah. bit reading. I struggled really hard today. I had borderline panic attack. I'm not oh, yeah. totally, I'm not totally sure if it was a panic attack. I yeah. spent a good portion of the morning kind of pacing around the house. Oh, yeah. Uh, you had a lot of comments on your Twitter and Facebook recently sort of talking about like anxiety issues. So oh, I yeah. guess my question for you is, uh, what do you do with anxiety issues when you feel like you are too anxiety ridden? Do you have a go to method or anything? <sighs> it, I don't have a go to method. It it depends on the situation. It depends on the situation, and I've learned like tricks over the years because I I have like I have certain things that that'll trigger me into like a complete panic attack. Like there oh, are yeah. certain things that I just totally avoid yeah. because I have the privilege of being able to avoid them. You know, if, if if it's something that I can't avoid, then it's just, it's torture for me for, you know, the few days leading up to it. But I don't know. I mean, I have different tricks for different things. I have, um, I think sometimes somebody taught me a trick once years ago and again recently about like sticking water, your face in ice cold, cold water, water yeah. yep. and it drops your, it drops your, um, you know, your internal temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that. I've heard that actually. Yeah, That's and a, that yeah. one tends to work if I'm like, because my my initial thing is I'll get like, my whole head will get really warm and then I'll <laughs> yeah. get dizzy and then I'll, <laughs> then I think I'm going to pass out and then I'm having anxiety about passing out in public and embarrassing it would be. And, and you know, it's just, it's something I've struggled with all yeah. of my life. You know, I think it's funny too, um, I have this bad habit, and I think this is common with people who have anxiety. Mm-hmm. I tend to expand my problems into larger situations. Oh, catastrophize. Right? Like, I I thought about it today about yeah. 
simply because I was worried about Charlie, yeah. how that intertwined with all of the other issues in my life. Like, yes. I was like, well, everything, because my general mindset this morning was that yeah. everything I own, whether it's like the schoolwork I do or the podcast or yeah. I mean, you to get stuff for Charlie the Cat or my friends or my family, yeah. it's all on a tenuous thread and all it would take is one thing. Swift blow. I was talking to Pete Forgets. Shout out to Pete Forgets about this. Yeah. At the bar last yeah. at Thursday. Uh, and I said the same. I was like, yeah, I always constantly feel lately yes. that I'm one like bad beat away from everything falling to the ground. Not even 150%. Like a, and not even like a big bad beat. Yeah. Like a small, like if yeah. my laptop exploded tomorrow, yeah. it'd be a big deal and it would oh, yeah. cause a lot of problems. Because I'm like, when was the last time I backed that up? Yeah. there's <laughs> All of my life stuff is on there. <laughs> then when am I going to get to the, you know, it's just, yes. One, I... I Absolutely get that. I I am afraid of everything dropping out from underneath me oh my God. every second. Well, I think about this too. I was and I'm I'm going to use an example. Uh, I've been watching this weird YouTube channel lately, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not really something I normally watch. It's about cars. It's yeah. called uh, like Donut Media, or whatever it is. Shout out mm-hmm. to Donut Media. Good yeah. good channel. Good job, guys. <laughs> uh, but they're talking about cars, and they're I was looking at old cars from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And then I was thinking about my car today. Right. Yes. In the 70s and 80s, even before that, 60s. Yeah. If there was something wrong with your car, you mm-hmm. could open up the hood, and there was the engine, and there was the exhaust, and there were the pipes, and there were whatever the things. I don't know what else yeah. is in a car. Yeah. Uh, but there are the things. You could see them, yeah. right? You could almost, even without really knowing Figure car stuff, <laughs> you could kind of like, okay, let me put my, my head on this. It can't yeah. be that complicated. Yeah. Now cars are designed to be so complicated that you can't really work on them by yourself. They're and meant some to of be them, they way. put that, pe- that big piece of plastic over the, <laughs> the, whole, thing, over yeah, the, the whole thing so you can't even <laughs> see it. So my roundabout question is, and I keep thinking about this, was the world not meant to be this complicated? Like, I, don't know. I keep coming back to this question. Like, I don't think that human civilization, that humans, I hate to get so heady here, but. No, I agree with you. I think that we're. And and I think that's why so many people actually suffer from anxiety. Yeah, is that we're not meant to we're not meant to function like this. And most people I talk to who have thoughts about anxiety yeah. or concerns, the first question they get are like, "Are you on some sort of dep- antidepressant?" Thing? Yeah, and I, I'm not. Uh, but everyone tells me I should be, and I feel like for years I've been kind of fighting the train of like, I don't think I need like Xanax or anything, but. Might not be the worst idea. No, I honestly like if it's especially if it's like if it's taking over. You know, if you're not living your life to the fullest, you know, if you're if you're constant. I mean, you're always going to have the worry. My problem was always that having the physical reaction to the worry. So I would I would catastrophize everything till to like everything's going to blow up Mm -hmm. in my face, and then and then because of that, my adrenaline would be high, and then I'm. Then I'm having all of these physical reactions, everything under the sun, the, the things your mind can do to your body, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, I mean, I don't know, certain my, ones will cut that down and that, that helps, but. My first know. thought is too, that I can't, like, uh, you can't take a day off for no. mental health no. necessarily. That's a hard, yeah. that's a hard sell to your boss or employer, right? Oh. Like I. I'm not in any place to work. My brain isn't functioning correctly today. Like, I need a day off. Yes. That's a hard sell for people unless they are somebody who deals with this in their own life. I think it's hard yeah. to understand for people who don't oh, yeah. have this concern. Uh, Maria Blaise is here, by the way. We're eight minutes in talking about uh, anxiety and cats. And, uh, no, I it's and I, I appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I, have, I swear, I did spend like a discernible portion of the day like questioning whether how I react to things is healthy for me. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that I think the same kind of thing that we were talking about. It is a problem when I start just piling on all of these things that yeah. could theoretically be problems in the future. Yeah. But when most of the stuff I was concerned about this morning, yeah. Like for the most part, outside of you know my continually monitoring of Charlie to make sure yeah. he's okay, most of the stuff kind of solved itself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, other. I had a meeting this morning, and I've been freaking out since Friday afternoon about this meeting on 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 Monday morning, and you know at nine a.m. and I didn't sleep last night because I was worried about the meeting, and then the meeting was. It's fine. It was Probably. quick and it was fine and it, it was nothing. And I, but it was just in my in my head. I was trying to prepare for the worst of everything that could possibly happen. I've sadly, uh, I've sadly gotten this way with stuff that's yeah. not really anxiety ridden. Like, yeah. like I went, I had to work myself up to go to the grocery store yesterday oh, yeah. because I was like, I don't want to sit in line at the damn grocery store for two hours. That's not a real concern, but I had to like get myself kind of up and ready for it. I and, work myself up simple things like that yeah. because I don't want to run into anybody like no, unprepared that's true that's the worst possible thing is to you know it's just I'm known to put headphones in in oh, the grocery store yeah. which is another one that that's yeah. always weird because people see you and they'll say something they're like huh, oh, and they don't see the headphones and you're just ignoring them or yeah. something especially yeah. now in the airpods generation where yeah. it doesn't really look like you have headphones yeah. on um Maria, I want to thank you for coming in today. It's always a pleasure to have you. Folks yeah. can follow Maria on Twitter at Retro Sorrento. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. She's all over the place. Uh, I saw you down at the park for yeah. Downtown Get Down. I hope you yes, did well down at the park that day. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it was nice. It, I believe we're getting toward the end of the season now. It feels mm-hmm. like we're getting toward the end. I'm looking forward to uh, Barks and Booze for yeah, uh, me too. any sort of dog me event. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've pitched over the years, you can't do any cat event. It's impossible to do yeah. a cat event. It's a shame, though. I wish there was some way I know. to do like some sort I of I know. Cat. I know. The Barks and Brews, I mean, I brought my dog to, to um, Barks and Brews last year. Oh, um, yeah. And that was so much fun. <laughs> See, I, I think that's... The key to all those events is always sort of having a particular thing for the like, mm-hmm. get down to something different because that's sort of our yearly thing. But yeah. I like having a niche to each year's event. Yeah, I'm always so a big too. fan of that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some art stuff. I had a comment that I had. Mm-hmm. A, I you made a really nice quote about our uh, our interview from two weeks ago with the folks from Munson Williams. Oh yeah. Uh, and I got me thinking about it. you're an artist. Yeah. Uh, and we talked with them a little bit. I had these two existential questions about art, so I'm going to yes. share them with you. Number one. Uh, are video games art? Yes. So you're straight up yes, yes on this. A lot, I've yes. asked a couple people this question, yeah. and this sort of gave me a 50-50% yeah. answer. Yes. So what qualifies as art then for you? Oh, like, gosh. Is it television show art? So, like... I'm, so, I, so I actually can't play a lot of video games because I get motion sickness. Sure, interesting. Um, which is terrible because a lot of my college roommates actually are into game developing mm-hmm. and illustrating. That makes and, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking at it from that perspective of, I, um, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot now of independent games that are written as a story. Interesting. Um, you know, there, the artwork is beautiful. The, the, the mm-hmm. gameplay is, has to be thought out. You I know. think the most interesting thing you said about that is indie game studio. Right? Yeah. Is there, because that's what I think where people draw yeah. the line, right? If someone goes and creates the game Cuphead, and for people who've never looked yeah. at the game Cuphead, go look at the game Cuphead. It's really fascinating. Yeah. They basically made a game that looks like a 1920s, like Max Fleischer cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, that's art to me. Mm-hmm. 
someone who sits in a graphic design studio and creates the characters in Call of Duty, yeah. right, for a big studio, I yeah. guess that's still art, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's a different yeah. kind of art? It's a different kind of art. I don't think it's, I think it's more commercialized because they're right. not thinking about the individual's like yeah, this unique guy, gameplay or anything yeah, like that. You there's know, no vision to it. Yeah, right, there's, right. There's, it's just a point-and-shoot game. And speaking of which, um, my old roommate from college does a wine and game pairing I was going to ask blog. you about that. Yeah, yeah. Saw... and it is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. It's at wine and game pairing on Twitter yeah, and yeah, Instagram. Was... <laughs> and she pairs bottles of wine with video games and tabletop games. I'll give her a shout-out on here. That's yeah. fine on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but what she'll have to do is she'll have to send me a wine pairing for what am I playing right now. I'm actually replaying Bioshock, which is oh, one of yeah. my favorite video games yeah. of all time. So if she's got a wine recommendation for Bioshock, I'm sure she does. Let she's me know. so good. She'll, she, <laughs> she's brought me tabletop games and stuff. Um, you when do she tabletop comes, thing? you I play do like Settlers some. of Catan and stuff like that. I haven't played that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I have never played. Yeah, it. Um, we do. A lot of quicker games. You, you don't know. do like Dungeons and Dragons or something. I know I, I, know I can't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know like, some GFOPs of the show. Yeah. I know like uh, GFOP Kerry Bostic seems to yeah. play like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and really enjoy it. My problem with it, I don't have an issue with the it's game. It's a lot of commitment. It's a lot of commitment. And I, I can't th- commit. <laughs> I think I have a hard time committing to the role-playing aspect yeah. of it. Like, yes. I don't mind, like, when I was a kid, I used to play something called, this is really going to date me, something called Hero Quest, which was yeah. ostensibly beginner's Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. right? It's a board game version of Dungeons and Dragons yeah. for kids like myself who didn't yeah. have the books from the 70s and 80s. Yep. And I think I had a hard time doing the whole, like, I am an elf I, lord. Yeah, that's what I'm not good at. And I, and you know what game you really <laughs> like, though, is it's called Munchkin. And it's Munchkin. Like, it's like making fun of... It's kind of like a parody <laughs> yeah. on those games, sure. and it's a lot of fun. It's just a quick card game. Uh, do but. you? I find that's the thing that's interesting too. Is a lot of my kids in school, even though they're in like this mm-hmm. sort of high school teenage thing, they tend to enjoy physical games, card games, in, yeah. a, in a way that I didn't expect them to do. Like they like Uno yeah. and they like board games. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I wouldn't expect in this current, like, uh, very yeah. digitally based world. I know that's not that's mm-hmm. nice to hear, though. I mean, I think. They, I think that tabletop games are making a little bit of a comeback too, because I think we lack interaction. And oh it's my god! An easy way to break break the ice without having a icebreaker. I don't know if you uh, if you know anybody up there. I'm, again, I've never been there, so I've only been told from the side. Apparently, there's that cafe in North Utica that does oh, the yeah. games that want to play cafe. Yeah, Appar- it's pretty cool. Apparently, it's pretty cool that you can yeah. do all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Kev just went there, said he had a great time yeah. there. Uh, and I guess my secondary art question that I asked them was, uh, this is a tougher question. Okay. What does success look like as an artist oh, in this world, in, in our modern sort of like, tw- in 2019, I suppose, is the easy way to say that. <sighs> That's hard. I think it's a hard it's, question. Yeah, it's a hard question because I think it also fluctuates individually, too. I mean, like, I, I think maybe, like, if you asked me five years ago what my level right. of success would have been, it would have been even having, like, one client. Well, yeah, one, yeah, <laughs> one know, person. One client paying me for artwork. <laughs> but I think, I think a level of success, I think, I think you can get caught up in how well-known your artwork is and how well-known you are, but I think it is also really important to um, look at what is, you know, what, what you find to be successful artwork. Um, right. You know, and, and to me, like a successful artwork is something like I, I don't mind hanging on my own wall and that other people can identify with it. So, um, 
you know, I think I think it mm-hmm. depends on on where in your in your career you are too. It's interesting to me because I you know I, again mo- I always laugh at this. Most of my art interactions growing up, I took art uh, art appreciation in college at MPCC, mm. but I did to impress a girl I was dating. And uh, <laughs> I think a lot of it for me is like as a musician growing up, I, thought, I always thought of myself as yeah. a musician, fancy myself a musician. Yeah. The idea of success was like, I want my song to be on the radio so that people can hear it. That seems yeah. simple enough, yeah. right? A lot of like the great artists, yeah. right? The artists that we look back on, like classical art, historical art, right? Yeah. From what we learn in school, a lot of those folks were not successful. Like for the most part in their time, they were doing some work, like no. uh, commissioned work. Now in this sort of work where we live in now... I think a lot of people see success as that idea. Like, how many commissions am I doing? How many, like, yeah. things am I working on? Am I working for another company? Am I ad, doing ad stuff for company? Yeah. You put a good thing on uh, your Twitter stream about this, uh, about, like, what my friends think I do, what I actually do. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of it is probably just people like, can you make a logo for me? <laughs> I think yeah, that's I like... think there's a lot of, um, I mean... People get you. People people ask you to do simple things, and then they ask you to be do really complex things that you yeah. can't do. And there has to be, you know, you have to understand when it's okay to say no. That's mm-hmm. outside of my realm, and here's yeah. somebody else. But um, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, success is it's it's a weird thing. It's it's it's. I, I mean, I think it's relative to what you're working mm-hmm. on, and relative to how you feel about your career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's an ever climbing ladder, so I don't know sure. if I. Well, you might. You strike me as the kind of person who wouldn't be able to uh, recognize success, even if you were having it, because you were always like trying to look. Yeah, we we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. You're looking so far until what the next thing is that it's yeah. probably hard for you to like sit back and be like, you know, yeah, did a good job on this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I have a hard time looking at. Um, uh, I I jump to the next thing instead yeah. of looking at mm-hmm. you know and I and I've tried over the last few years I've tried to make a you know m- make lists of what I've accomplished yeah. throughout the year so I I have a reflection upon it where I can where I can look back and say okay I did all right. this stuff that was good I did that um, I I think also with social media I think people don't see a lot of the work behind it yeah. Um, they just see the final product. Um, you so show a little yeah. bit of your of your work in process, but it's it's still more refined than the mess that actually exists. Uh, speaking of the process, something I was thinking about as a musician, I always had this issue, especially when I would go see other bands that I was playing with. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like I wouldn't go to see Radiohead and yeah. have this question, but. Can you remove yourself from the process when you're watching other people? Or have you been doing, like, illustration and art so long that you watch somebody doing illustration, you can't help but sort of be like, I wonder what they're doing over here. Why? I don't think I've ever not been able to do that. Yeah. So I don't think, like, I mean, I can even think if the furthest back I can look at, I was always a pain in the butt in my my illustration classes because there'd be a demo and I'd be the one who was, like, two feet from the teacher asking every question under the sun. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, I went to go see an artist that I really love, Philip Burke, who does these caricature mm-hmm. paintings. Um, I saw him do, he's out of Buffalo. He, mm. he does a lot of work. For, he used to do a lot of work for like Rolling Stone and things like that. Sure. And we saw him do a live painting and it was just, um, it's mesmerizing to watch somebody else work. Um, there's always something you can learn from mm. it. Um, I have a hard time watching Bob Ross because I, I can't stand yes. how he hits the canvas really hard 
What's with crazy? a house painting brush. What's crazy about Bob <laughs> yeah. Ross is Bob Ross for decades now. Yeah. I'll put on Bob Ross sometimes just if I can't think of like something yeah. to fill like 20 minutes of my time. Yeah. And for the life of me, I feel like I should know better yeah. when I'm watching him because he'll do something and I'm like, you just ruined this painting. Yeah. You ruined this painting. Yes. You did such a nice job. And they're like, oh no, I guess he's fine. I guess yeah. I guess he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean he does he did he does a beautiful job. I just I I have it's it's one of those things where um, he's speaking so calmly and then all of a sudden he's whacking this paintbrush. Yes. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> well, what's crazy, I, I think I just read an article about this or saw like a YouTube video about it. There's like, no one knows where the paintings are. Like the yeah. actual Bob Ross paintings he did yeah. in the show, they, do they exist? I feel like people would want them. You could yeah. probably make the Bob Ross, like uh, whoever like owns his Like Norman trust. Rockwell yeah. Museum, the Bob yeah. Ross Museum. I went to the Norman Rockwell Museum. Did you ever go? I have not been yet. My mom was very much into any yeah. sort of like Americana type thing yeah. like that when we were growing up. And she loved Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's cool. I wonder, again, I, I feel like an outsider when it comes yeah. to art. So I'm always curious if someone says, like, who's your favorite artist, and you say Norman Rockwell, people are like, okay, who else besides Norman? It's like yeah. it's like saying your favorite band is the Beatles. Like, yeah. okay, besides the Beatles, yeah. tell me someone else that yeah. you like that not everybody loves, loves. right? Yeah. Is yeah. that, like, do people feel that is, like, with artists, do you know, or is Norman Rockwell, Well, like, I think uh, it's under illustrators. I think a lot yeah. of illustrators, um, I, for a long time, he was actually not considered to be an artist. An he artist, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. considered an illustrator. Yeah, because he's doing Saturday evening post and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and I mean that that's to me it's still art. Um, you know, regardless. Sure. Commissioned um, art is art. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? like, it's, yeah. it's art. Um, but I I think um yeah, I mean I think there's a lot of other there's like JC Leindecker was sure. before him and, and I mean he his influences come from someplace else. So you kinda I don't know, I always go down the line and say, Who did this guy like? Who did this guy study to get as good as he is? Um, the one that I always think of, and they just made the movie about it, is uh, The Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't I seen that yet. I haven't seen the movie, but th- like, it's weird for me to say that like the art from those yeah. books... was terrible. When I was a kid, what, I'm trying to find the guy's name, was so yeah. horrifying. And I and I, that never escaped me. The guy's name yeah. is St- uh, Stephen Gamble. Stephen yeah. Stephen Gamble. That is like weird art oh, yeah. that stuck with me forever. Like in yeah. hindsight, I can never not think about oh, like, yeah. the, that weird sort of flow um, to it. Like very similar to Ralph Steadman's stuff for like for like the wall. Mm-hmm. Very creepy, yeah, yeah. but even more so. Oh yeah, even you know. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: uh, Are you currently working on anything like for your own enjoyment at the moment, or are you mostly just doing commission <laughs> stuff at the moment? Um, I have a I have a good pile of new clientele that I'm working with right now mm-hmm. but I do have some um, the holiday season is coming up so I'm yeah. working on all the stuff for that um, I've got a couple pieces that I'm working on um, that are my own a um, mm. couple paintings I try to do a traditional painting because I don't always get to do that for clients sure. so I'm doing an oil painting for on my own oil um, yeah oil painting and um, just a couple other drawing things use my art muscles here what's the what's the real heavy um oil paint called like the real thick kind uh uh, gesso is that a thing um gesso is the stuff you put underneath underneath okay pasta i don't know i don't know because i don't do it (laughs) (laughs) well that was something i did that was like 
over the years as a person who just sort of enjoys art yeah. on a casual level, mm-hmm. when I go to like a museum or something, or go to an art museum or go to Museum of Natural History in uh, Washington, we go to mm-hmm. every year, I tend to notice weird things that I'm interested in a yeah. painting. I like texture. Me I like too. when there's a lot of like paint or substance on the thing. Yeah. I don't know why. Something very visceral about it. I love texture. I can't. I. 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 Not that I. I'm just not attracted to things that are ultra smooth. I love a lot of texture and and it gives it more feeling. Some artist or illustrator or someone from Munson Williams from two weeks ago is going to complain at me for saying this. I never liked watercolor paintings. Yeah. There's something very, it feels very hard to control what you want to do with watercolor. It's very hard. Mind you, my idea of what watercolor is, is when we were kids, yeah. with that little like Crayola. With the, with with the, the line of with paint. With the line of paints that are on. So maybe I'm not <laughs> using the best watercolor paints here. Uh, but like that always felt to me. I'm like, why would you want to use this? It seems so much harder than necessary. It is it is a hard. I actually prefer oil paint over watercolor. Yeah. Although I do use a lot of watercolor now, mm. um, because I'm. It's quicker. It, yeah. It's quicker to dry. It's quicker to play around with. But it, it it's a very frustrating medium. You can't erase <laughs> it. I mean, with an oil painting, it's a lot of layering, so you can yeah. layer over something. Well, I think there's something know? attractive to the the the. Not the brightness of the color, but yeah. the um, what's the word? Like I'm saturation. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. There's like the intensity of the color. Yeah. I guess is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, yeah, okay, very good. Uh, I have a couple other art things for you, real quick, and then oh, I yeah. have some non-art stuff. Okay. So you you just had an art show at not just recently, but you had one at uh, Incorporated or something? Or you oh were, yeah, oh, it was part of Karen Vita's oh, art okay. show at cool. Incorporated, which had a whole bunch of artists. It's up. Um, it's still up. She's still got a bunch of really it's, cool it's, stuff. It's a name I hear all the time, and I don't yeah. know who that person is. Um, she actually, I've just really gotten to know her. I, I just yeah. knew of her for a while, but yeah. she she were I think she works at Cafe D um, huh. sometimes. But she's a very talented artist. Huh. Um, I've heard yeah, because I've heard that name yeah. pop up kind of recently. I don't yeah. know if she's done like work for us or something along those yeah. lines. Yes. Uh, oh no, she was at Sickenburger with me. She did some work at okay. Sickenburger yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I did have some Twitter things I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about that I saw on your oh, Twitter God. feed uh, that I thought needed uh, some follow-up. Oh, uh, no. Number one. Uh, well, that's where I first noticed you were talking about um, anxiety stuff. So yeah. I will say I kind of appreciated seeing it on there because oh, yeah. uh, it's nice to know. That's the one nice thing about social media Yeah, is sometimes you like, oh, you know what, maybe I'm not the only person on here who's stressed out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the other question I was going to ask you, you responded to somebody on here who was talking about uh, the first moment, uh, who was an illustrator who made you want to be an illustrator. Oh, yeah. And you talked about Mary Grand, Grand Prix. Prix. Is, yeah. that, is that her real name? That's a yeah, great name. Yeah, Mary Grand Prix. And this is the original Harry Potter person. Uh, yeah, the, well, not the... Not the... The British, American version. The American yeah, right. version, yep. Which, With the sleeve, the, yeah. the um, dust jackets that mm-hmm. you could take. Um, so the Harry Potter books, you could take the dust jackets and, and yeah. open them up, and it was a whole illustration. Mm. Yeah. That's a big one. I feel like that's a that's relatively... I'm trying to think what year the first Harry Potter was. but I think 98 or 99. Not, it, might, it might even be yeah. earlier than that. Not yeah. even knowing her name, necessarily. Yeah. I can imagine... I can see yeah. that particular style of artwork oh, yeah. that permeated the, the whole line of books. It was yeah. a very... It's sort of significant because, again, you're talking about dense textbooks for the most part. Oh, dense yeah. books with lots of text. Yeah. Really the defining way of how people think about that character before the movies come out. Right? Oh, yeah. Before like, This is what the character looks like because... Uh-huh. 
it's pretty crazy that she had so much, I'm sure, that some control on what this character looked like, right? She had some, and I think, I, I mean, I don't know if you, did you read those? Did, did you I didn't get Harry that far Potter? yet. I was going to okay. read through some of the stuff. Did, no, but, but did you read Harry Potter growing up? No. I mean, I've had this argument with many people yeah. over the years. I was, I read a lot of Stephen King. Yeah. So by the time I was, Harry Potter came out, mm-hmm. I had already read like The Stand yeah. and It and Salem's Lot. Yeah. It felt like a step back for me. Yeah. I think um, I know a lot of people that yeah. feel that way too. But I, I have to say, it is probably yeah. the most important original intellectual property of the last mm-hmm. 25 years to oh, really, yeah. you know, if you really think of something that kind of came up out of nowhere that is become like a Star Wars or a Marvel superhero oh, yeah. or has become something that really has high cultural mm-hmm. resonance. I can't think of something over the last 10 years that sort of popped up and, and saturated our imagination that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But and I did not read them. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I was I was getting, like, the books right the yeah. day they came out and everything like that. And, and I remember I would just take the whole sleeve off and just look at it. Yeah. And it just, the way, um, you know, when you're looking at illustrations, there's always a place where the text is supposed to go. And, and like, the artist right. has to think about that when they're creating the artwork. Um, and I just admired her fluidity, her colors, her, her the atmosphere she created, and that got me into illustration. <laughs> we've, we've almost certainly talked about it before at some point in time, and then many times you've been on the show. But mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, in terms of the first art, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like in this case, I guess a book or some sort of illustration that really caught my attention as a kid, uh, besides the horrifying Scary Stories one, yeah. Uh, and this is a pretty common one. I think this is pretty basic. Is Maurice Sendak with Where the Wild oh, Things yeah. Are and mm-hmm. The Night Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Those were really intricate in a way that a lot of like kids' books growing up no. were not yeah. intricate in the way like a golden book was not. Yeah. It was a different type of thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right. And then the other one I was going to ask you about, uh, and only because I deal with it at work all the time, did somebody fix your printer issue? You have issues with your oh, printer? Oh, I had a... I had to buy a new printer. You had to buy a new printer. It was <laughs> devastating. I was so upset about it because I really, I had this great, it's a wide format printer because I scan all of my images. Yeah. Um, and it and it just stopped working in the middle of printing something one day. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I've had the worst <laughs> luck with printers my entire life. I finally find one that works and all of a sudden it just decides to die on me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was through this stream that I found on here or oh. through your... I didn't realize that there's like a big, people think that big printer is a scam, that the ink cartridges themselves oh, yeah. are not really empty when they tell you they're empty. That the yes. Machines, I had no idea yes. that there's this big conspiracy anti-big printer world out there. Yes. And I just, and I finally found one that I, it was like reasonably priced inks and uh, it was a nightmare. Well, you know what's wild? When we were growing up, I remember having a printer next to my computer yeah. as a kid, like just a desktop printer. Yeah. And pretty much everyone I knew had a desktop printer at their house. Yeah. Now, I feel like I have to go find a printer somewhere. Yeah. Like, and usually it's a big commercial one. It's not yeah. like, I feel like people don't keep, I don't have a printer in my house. Like, this printer's oh, been really? dead yeah. for, like, three years. Yeah. I mean, I guess I use it a lot because I do a lot of, like, invoices. Yeah. 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 Most people, I feel like, do stuff, like, either yeah. digitally now, either just do PDFs yeah. or send the stuff back and forth via email. Which is good. I mean, that's I mean, good. save the yeah. trees. I mean, it's all good for that. But, I mean, yeah. it just, I think it's interesting that it's something that I feel like every house had. And now yeah. I have to, like, struggle to, f- I bet you there's less than 20% of this block has a working printer in their house right now. We had, I mean, my dad, so my dad's an engineer. He, and, and we had all these printers in my house, and I think he would 
purposely take them off the network <laughs> so that we yeah. wouldn't use the ink and then tell us they were broke. It was always an ordeal every time we had to print something. So when I had this printer in my studio that worked, I was so happy about it. And then it died. <laughs> uh, and then I guess one last one before I get to our lightning round questions. Yeah. Uh, you seem very curious about whether other cities have jumped on the acai bowl. Craze. Oh yeah, I have to tell you, I haven't tried one of these acai bowls. Oh, I, been, I have. They've been yeah. to the the park a bunch of times, and I have yet to try. Like they do the little like cup. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried anybody but Soul Bowl because Soul yeah, Bowl's yeah. right near my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it, is it good? It's good. It's just every. It, it's like there's so many people, <laughs> and it, so you have to make like a split second decision. Well, you could look at the menu online mm. and go, and they're delicious. Um, they are really good. I feel like but. this is uh, you always. That's the move you got to do if you ever. And I'm going to talk about food trucks in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, you got to get on the. You got to get on the front end of something that's yeah. on the way up, right? Like yes. New York was. I feel like in New York City for a while, every three weeks I'd hear about some new thing at a car. It's the donut croissant. Here's the bagel donut. Here's the yeah. croissant donut bagel yeah. with mm-hmm. lobster. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> let's get into some lightning round questions I have for you because that'll get into one of the things we're talking. Oh, before that. Uh, your German roots pack looking very strong Thank on your you. on your Saranac work. Are you Thank still doing you. work like for them going yeah. forward? Yeah, yeah. I I, I just went, wrapped up their winter stuff. So. Nice. nice. Yes, yeah. I will assume so. <laughs> um, so of course, again, you can follow Maria on Twitter at uh, Retro Sorrento. You can follow her on Instagram, Facebook. She's all over the place. Uh, I have some lightning round questions here for you. I'm not sure whether we've done these ones. It's been a while since you've been on. I looked this up. It's been okay. um, it's been a while. So I think yeah. these are new questions. But uh, oh, Justin Parkinson and Maiden Utica is walking in. Oh. Are you letting the cat in? What? Is that the cat following you in? No. Oh, okay. All right, well. No, no, he's back. Never mind. We're done. Never mind. I'll cut this part out. Uh, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, so, lightning round questions. Uh, Maria, what is the worst job you've ever had that you are allowed to talk about? <laughs> um, I actually, I haven't had that many jobs. That's My fair. first job was great. I worked at I worked at Parkway Drugs for a long time, but my second job was at Turning Stone, and I will say that was pretty that was pretty rough. It feels like a work. lot. That feels like a lot. It was of... a bad schedule. It was a bad atmosphere. <laughs> a lot of cranky like people, <laughs> gamblers that lost all their money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like you are the the clientele that you deal with is inherently one either very happy and inebriated and drunk because they won something or they're partying. Yeah. Or they're mad because they've lost all their money and they're yeah. looking for someone who to is take their taking their out. frustration out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that makes that seems rough. It was rough. <laughs> uh, if you ever, if you had to find another line of work, uh, what skills would you put on your resume besides like art skills? I guess um, probably um, a little bit of business management. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know things like. Uh, um, Social media stuff I've done, um, you know, promotion things like yeah. that. So, in the, I don't know. <laughs> in the uh, in the course of my anxiety ridden attack this morning, yeah. I went down thinking about. I was like, what other jobs could I do if this all falls apart? And I just yeah. like everything breaks. I do. I do have that I, question a lot. I, I'm like, <laughs> what else am I good? At? I keep going back to barber, food truck, or butcher, which are all like old oh, man yeah. jobs except food truck. I yeah. suppose. For a while, when I was at my like. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life after college. Yeah. I thought about going to beauty school. My aunt's a, my aunt's a hairdresser, and it's like the last thing. Did you actually go to beauty school? No. So you couldn't no. be a beauty school dropout like no. this long? You didn't actually have no. to crack that. Uh, what, uh, who would you cast to play you in the movie About Your Life? 
Who would you cast oh, to gosh. play you in the movie about your life? That's a hard question. Um, <laughs> well, you can cast it yourself. Uh, so anyone. Well, like. okay. So Valerie, Valerie um, Harper. Am I losing? Are you talking about Rhoda? Yeah, Rhoda. I, I always say Rhoda. everybody always laughs at me because I'm like Rhoda is my spirit animal. I actually was. I yeah. had a comment up here that just said. Sorry about Rhoda. I must have <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was talking to somebody about this, actually. Uh, the Rhoda character yeah. was kind of ahead of its time in terms Definitely. of, like, representation of women on television. Like, Definitely. a certain type of, like, female character. Mm-hmm. And I, it, this is not the first time I heard about it when she died, mm-hmm. but now that she passed away recently, I feel like a lot more people were mm-hmm. making that connection. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool... Mary Tyler Moore and yeah. Rhoda, I grew up kind of watching, and I think they're a good show to go back. And mm-hmm. even today, they're relevant. What they're saying is still, yeah. is still relevant. Uh, what is a movie uh, that you always stop and watch if you see it while flipping through the channels? The Godfather. Godfather's a good <laughs> It's I, For some <laughs> reason, it's always on when I'm flipping through the channels. We always joke, my sister and I always joke, it, it wouldn't be a weekend at my parents' house if, if it wasn't on TV. When, uh, <laughs> who's the guy who got in trouble for, uh, he was the political guy, he was a Chris Cuomo, who, someone called him Fredo, oh, and he freaked out about yes. it, like it was some insult or <laughs> Because it was, um, Andrew Cuomo, is it Andrew Cuomo's yeah, here, brother, yeah, his brother yeah. he called him Fredo. And I, here's the thing, <laughs> I remember my dad trying to use that on somebody once, he called somebody Fredo, and they were like Irish, and it was lost in the middle, yeah. they're like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, just stop. A lot of the things I say get lost. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, (laughs) Uh, If you could be in any band, present or past, which one would it be? If I could be in any band, band. extra member in any other band. Extra member. You could play trombones or keyboard or. I don't know if they'd have me because I'm kind of tone deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. That's a hard Fleetwood Mac would have been fun. Fleetwood Mac, see that's... just because the drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fa- yeah. And then I wanna... and Stevie Nicks and I could crochet together. <laughs> you kind of want to pick like that seventies, eighties era. I feel like you don't yeah. want to pick a modern. I'm not trying yeah. to hang out with like Drake. I'm sure yeah, it'd be no. fun, but I'm trying to see like. Yeah. I want to see what's going on in these tour buses. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, what is your favorite fast food item? Oh God, I don't really actually. I don't actually eat fast food at all. Never. No, I try not to. Um, in in like the the most dire of circumstances, I will. But I do. <laughs> Good um, for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll eat like a breakfast sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. That's fair. You know. Um. But that's fair. I mean, yeah. I do like a. Bre- I think breakfast from a fast food restaurant is always is, more appealing to me than anything yes. else from a fast food, and it, yeah. which seems counterintuitive. Yeah. Because you'd think to yourself. I don't trust these eggs. But for yeah. the most part, I prefer yeah. eating breakfast food. Yeah, I actually to, think yeah. the last time we I had f- fast food was um, we, we were on our way to Nashville, and it was like midnight <laughs> driving, and I'm like, oh, we got to eat something, and I don't know where we are. <laughs> uh, I guess give me one uh, one last thing before we leave. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh, um, let's see. Books. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Mm, nice. Um, uh, listening to, I, I actually am reading a graphic novel that's really great. And oh, I nice. will recommend that. It's called um, My Favorite Thing is Monsters. Mm. And it's a really thick, really beautifully drawn book mm. um, from the perspective of a like younger teenager girl. And it's great. It's a really good one. Very nice. Uh, Maria, thank you for taking some time out of the day to come yeah. down and chat me up. I appreciate the, yeah, the cat absolutely. and anxiety riddle discussion. I understand. I kind of <laughs> needed it today. This was a 
very strange day. Uh, and yeah. this poor cat, I'm going to have to go check on him after we're done. He's sleeping comfortably. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I'm kind of gun shy about what the next step is. Yeah. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I get it. I'm, I'm always the person who, who takes them to the vet when I shouldn't. This is why I can't, I have, kids. Yeah, that's why why I can't I, have kids. Why either. I can't have kids. Because always, this is an, so much. <laughs> this is an animal that I didn't know even cared about me like a year ago. Could not have cared less yeah. about me. Now I'm like, I don't know if I'm being not... Yeah. Concerned enough or too concerned? I yes. don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maria, again, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. you being here. Always a thank pleasure. Uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a minute. section of the show that we've ever done always immediately second segment is history and you're always sad like a surprise or something. and confused oh, uh no these are i tried these are pretty these are pretty palatable this, they're no they're palatable stop. this week they're, they're palatable well, i promise you just highlighted again you were working on time here <laughs> uh oh thank you once again to maria Sorry. no that's true i i do want to get through on time so we're going to cut through some of these in here um no it's true these are shorter than normal uh right. on this day 1940 uh, I'm going to say this wrong, I think. The Lascaux pa- uh, cave paintings were discovered. This is a collection of prehistoric cave drawings that four teenagers stumbled upon uh, while they were walking their dog through the entrance of this cavern in, oh, nice. uh, in France. That's right? cool. Uh, 15 to 17,000 year old paintings, mostly a- animal representations. Uh, there was only one human figure depicted in the cave. It was a bird-headed man with an erect phallus. That's a direct quote. Okay. <laughs> um, archaeologists believe the cave was used over a long period of time as a center for hunting uh, and religious rites. Uh, you could actually go to the La Croix ghetto for about 20 years, but then in 1960, the light, artificial light on the stuff was ruining it. So they closed it off to the public and they built a replica that you can go see, that people can go see now. My question is, in like, let's say that we survive for like another, like, uh, I don't know, 150, 50, 200 years, right? Human beings. What will people from the future find of ours that they'll be sort of like confused and mystified by? Cassette tapes. Cassette tapes? That's not the first thing I well, maybe Old cell phones, I think, maybe. Like old school, like flip phones and stuff like that. Candles. Candles. <laughs> like yeah, with all, with all the waxes. The wax is going to survive. The wax. That's <laughs> just going to stand up to the erosion, I think. <laughs> I think it'll be the wax. Yeah, I wonder, like, I, I don't know if human civilization will live, like, through another incarnation after us where they'll be finding all of our stuff left over. I'm like, I wonder what happened. I don't think, I don't know if that, when that's going to happen. But I wonder if anything will be left over that other people will find in the future. A lot of stuff. Well, infrastructure, I feel like. Plastic. Some plastic. Just plastic all the plastic. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a lot of we've we'll, we'll leave a lot of traces after this one. Jeez, way to go, Planet Earth two on me, get me real that down. The que- I mean, that's the question. That's <laughs> the question again. Spot the lie. <laughs> we must pretend that's not what it is. Twinkies will stay. Twinkie, yeah, Twinkies, cockroaches, things like that. Twinkies wrapped in plastic. <laughs> wrapped, it's the plastic. Probably it's Twinkies, Twinkies. low key, probably made of plastic. <laughs> uh, on this day, uh, nineteen sixty eight. Uh, sitting President Richard Nixon 
uh, appeared on Rowan and Martin's Laughing, which was, if you guys don't know, a sort of a precursor to shows like Saturday Night Live. It was a television uh, sketch comedy show that had actors uh, who got sort of famous out of it. Uh, Goldie Hawn and Lily Tomlin are the two names that most famously are known. Uh, it also introduced a lot of phrases to the lexicon of the 1960s and early 1970s, like socket to me was one of their phrases. Uh, and then another one, very interesting, which is like a famous sketch from Rowan and Martin's Laughing. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen this show? It was on like Nick at Night when we were kids sometimes. Mm-mm. Vaguely, like peripherally. Yeah, the thing that most people remember is there was like a row of, it was like a wall with doors on it. And the doors would open and someone would pop out and like they'd say a little one-liner joke. And then they pop back into the window, and people would, and then the next one would open back and forth, and it was all mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most influential and lasting moment uh, from their five-year run was when uh, President uh, Richard Nixon made a cameo on the show in 1968, which is like one of the first times ever that a sitting president had ever shown up on a television show in America in the United States. Uh, also, Nixon was famously, like, not good at being on television at this point. In 1960, during the first presidential debates, he got, uh, wiped off the floor by a younger, more charismatic, uh, John F. Kennedy. And apparently it took him six takes, uh, with the producers to say the words, sock it to me, without sounding angry or offended to their liking, which they thought they could air on television. Uh, producers also remember running out of the studio with the footage after they got it because they were afraid that he was going to immediately change his mind uh. and ask them to get rid of it. Uh, but it was the first time that a president had been on television. I did pull up a list of presidential cameos on other shows. Uh, did you know that Barack Obama was on Mythbusters once? No. I had no idea about this. Uh, I don't know if he was sitting at the time, but apparently he was on a show talking about the possibility of Archimedes' solar death ray, which sounds like quite a discussion. Uh, George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, was featured on an episode of Deal or No Deal. Mm. He popped up as like a head in like the, the cameras to like read a question or something, or who knows. Uh, Gerald Ford went on Saturday Night Live to sort of make fun of himself, which I think happens... A lot of that, that, that's the more common in like, the, you know, George H.W. Bush mm-hmm. has been on there before and... I don't th- did Hillary go on? I think Hillary went yeah, on. Yeah, Hillary, she wasn't pregnant. Sarah Palin went on when she mm-hmm. was, yeah. Richard Nixon on Laughing. Uh, and then Joe Biden, when he was vice president, was on uh, an episode of Parks, or two episodes of Parks and Recreation. It's true. Uh, I think that's pretty much everybody else. I mean, is it like a faux pas to be on a television show for the president? Is that like no. beneath the status of the no, office? I don't Nothing. see why it would be. Nothing any longer. Well, <laughs> no, um, no, no. It's, I mean, it's, if if you think it is, you're a fool. I feel like let's say people get upset about everything. Oh, what's he doing on television? Settle down. I always felt excited for the yeah. show that had them on there. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. You got the president on your show. Yeah. You want to find awesome. some time to go shoot a scene on a show? It's, yeah, yeah, it's good. Get out there with the people. Mix it up. I mean, the podcast version of this, I think, was when Barack Obama went on like Mark Maron's podcast. I remember mm-hmm. that being like a big deal, like the first time he'd gone on like a big long form podcast or something like that. Um, but that was pretty good. I remember that being a big podcast moment. Mm. Uh, all right, on this day, 1983, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes a U.S. citizen. Uh, we're already like six minutes in, so I won't dig through every single detail of his career. But Arnold Schwarzenegger—it's <laughs> all the highlighter. Uh, it's yeah. a lot. I got, I got, uh, I got intimidated by all my highlighting. Um, he was sort of. The, I think maybe I could be wrong, but in my mind, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the first person I thought of as a kid as a celebrity because he was like this big overarchy, the yeah. big name, and he's in all these action movies. Mm-hmm. Like the first person I really thought of, I think. 
as a movie star as a little kid. He was that over-the-top character. I loved, like... I mean, I saw Predator probably before I should have seen it when I was a kid, and I loved him in that movie. I saw Terminator before I was supposed mm-hmm. to see it. Did you guys... Who do you think was the first, like, celebrity you were aware of? Like, the first person you thought was, like... Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. So, again, action star-type character, right? Yeah. I think those are probably two pretty common ones. Stallone and Schwarzenegger for people. Those are, like, entry-level... Mm-hmm. That'd be, like, today, like, most kids would say, like, The Rock, I feel like. Yeah. The first, like, celebrity. Okay, did you have anyone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone along those lines? I don't know. I was never... I watched a ton of action movies when I was a kid. Wasn't right. really around. Wasn't really a thing. Like, I was, of course, aware of those guys, but, like, they didn't really... Yeah. I didn't see a lot of their movies, so I got to be a little bit older. I don't know if there's anybody specific that sticks out that I can remember... Other than, like, maybe, like, I feel like my dad watched a lot of, like, John Wayne movies. John like, Wayne. He was, like, even when I was a kid, I was conscious that that was, like, older. Yeah, my grandfather yeah. liked John And old John in Wayne. time and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just a couple of Arnold's hits. Commando, The Running Man, Predator, Twins, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, True Lies, Last Action Hero, Jingle All the Way. A lot of, <laughs> I don't know. I'm We're going to Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. That was a good one. Uh, we're not going to do Apex Mountain for this because uh, I have a different category later for that. Um, all right. On this day, 1994, uh, Ken Burns Baseball premiered on PBS. Uh, Ken Burns was an American filmographer, uh, filmmaker known for his style of using archival footage and photographies for documentary films. Uh, he frequently incorporates simple musical motifs or melodies throughout his work. Uh, his techniques possible in, his many pro- in many professional and home software applications are termed the Ken Burns effect in like Apple's like iPhoto and iMovie and Final Cut. They actually had to get like uh, an agreement in place to use his name in that. Uh, apparently Steve Jobs just gave him a bunch of Apple equipment, which he then donated to like a nonprofit organization. Uh, Kev, you seem to like Ken Burns a little bit more than I do. You've watched a lot of the Ken Burns stuff, I think. I have over the years. Do you have a particular favorite Ken Burns thing that you've seen? Um, Ken Burns Jazz. Mm Mm-hmm. 2001. my favorite one, yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, because, I mean, it's about music, obviously, so it's a whole different thing. But all of them, honestly, all of them are really good. I feel like I just watched a lot of them in school. And I like the... They're good uh, school content. Yeah, and they used to be just on TV a lot. Yeah, I think it's like a con- it's a good run for their long specials. You can get a lot of airtime out of them for someone you can like sort of PBS dig in or, and hang out. Yeah. Like they're not for like intensive riveting watching all the time, but they're very interesting. I just like the style, the way they present the actual voices of the various times. Uh, he did a Civil War one. He did baseball. He did one about jazz. He did one just called The War, which I assume is World War One. Probably two. Two. Yeah. Uh, National parks. He did. He did Prohibition in 2011. He did National about- parks is really good. Yeah. Prohibition is good, too. They're all good. He did the Roosevelt's in 2014. He did the Vietnam War in 2015. Another great one. Um, I, I'm trying to think of something I would like to see him do that he hasn't already done. Like some... I mean, if I'm being selfish, I'd like to see him do a whole soccer one the way he did baseball. Like the history of like soccer in England and how it got started with all the different club teams and stuff. But that's me just being selfish. Any topic you'd like to see, Ken Burns? Rock climbing. Rock climbing, interesting. Go. History of rock climbing. There you go. <laughs> Kevin, you like to see that he hasn't done already? Another music one would be cool. Another music one? For yeah. You? All right. Uh, all right, and this one, last but not least, for this one, 2011, uh, the critically acclaimed movie Drive, starring Ryan Gosling, is released. Gosling stars as an unnamed Hollywood stunt driver who moonlights as a getaway driver based off the 2005 novel by James Salas. Movie has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 78% out of 100 on Metacritic, Nominated for four Academy Awards. I have the list of movies in front of me of Ryan Gosling's career. Mm-hmm. Is Drive 
Ryan Gosling's Apex Mountain is his prime moment of his career. I only saw part of it, so I didn't get to finish it. You didn't see it all the way through? Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe not for me, but maybe for the people. I don't know. I, uh, I have his full filmography. I won't go through all of them. I highlighted four that I thought would potentially be like the biggest Gosling movies that people remember. Sure. Uh, 2004 is The Notebook. It's a big one for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 2011 is both Crazy Stupid Love and Drive, which I think he are both big hits for him. I ride super hard for Crazy Stupid Love. A hilarious yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, really good movie. Him and uh, what's his name there? Um, uh, Steve, Steve Carell. Carell. Him and Steve Carell doing Emma great Stone. work. Yeah. Uh, then after that, there's like a weird period where he does a lot of movies that I don't think were necessarily hits. Not good or bad movies. But then you get La La Land in 2016, which was a huge hit. So, um, Also, the big short he's in. He's in The Nice Guys. Um, he's nice in, Guys was really good. The big you short see, was great. Did you see First Man? That's 2018. People seem to be slowly coming around to I like that movie. I don't know what that is. It's like he's Neil Armstrong. It's the Neil Armstrong movie. Oh, okay. Movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see that. I'd like to see Blade Runner, but again, like we've talked before, I have not watched the first Blade Runner in either mm-hmm. full... Uh, it's full completion, and if I have, it's been a long time. I feel like I need to watch that first. Mm. I don't know. You have a Ryan Gosling choice. Is it no. the Notebook? Did you love the Notebook? I did like the Notebook. I Everyone likes the Notebook. On that one. I mean, the Notebook is a a very good romantic movie. If you like a romantic movie, he was in a movie called I want to say it's like a Murder by Numbers. Yes, that's two thousand two. Him and Sandra Bullock yes. and that mm-hmm. weird dude that was on um, the Steve Buscemi Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy Jimmy, she, uh, Michael Shannon. No, 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 the kid, the main. Oh, uh, the other Michael guy Pitt. Who's not Michael Buscemi. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Him and Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock. Mm. Mm, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, it'd be remiss to say when I was talking about this with Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson earlier. He said that I needed to make sure I talked about Half Nelson and Lars and the Real Girl, which was two thousand six. Lars and the Real. Those are both good movies. Yeah. I watch more movies. Uh, he's also in Fracture, which I've never seen. Fracture's pretty good. Yeah. That, that's all. That's a good run right that's there. Same with Anthony Hopkins, right? Two. Th- I'd have to look that one up. I'm yeah, not sure. I think it is. Uh, I did have a quick bonus history lesson that we... Place Beyond the Pines. That was in that run after Drive where he was doing all sorts of like... That was he did big, that was a, Ides of March. People love that movie. Ides of March was amazing. Yeah, Ides of March. Play, Actually, we, get, we are doing a whole filmography. Uh, Ides of March. <laughs> you, have to. you can't talk uh, about one without the other. Place Beyond the Pines, Gangster Squad, Only God Forgives, White Shadow, Lost River. That's 2011 through 2014 before the big short. That's Gangster Squad was bad. I've heard Gangster Squad. I've heard Gangster Squad's bad. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people who ride for Only God Forgives. A lot of people like the place behind the, uh, beyond the pines. That's very like critically well received. Well did not see Ides of March. Ides of March was great. Did not see White Shadow. Did not see Lost River. Don't really know about not, those. Not a clue about any of those. Uh, my bonus history lesson for you guys was on uh, 30 years ago this week, the first episode of American Gladiators uh, debuted on television. You, that was, that, was that a morning show for you? Mm-hmm. I watched that with my dad a lot growing up. Did you have an event that you liked? Was it the the one where you run up the treadmill? Was it the wall? The wall probably seems like it's yeah, yours. the one where they, they hit each other. Those oh, the jousts. Yes. See, I think I would like to see you in that competition. I you would. could. The wall is like your ringer event. Mm-hmm. Like all you'd have to do is survive through all the other events and just stay close, and then you dominate the climbing wall. Kev, we talked about the assault. As the, the assault. Yeah, the assault. I feel like that's the, the one. tennis ball gun. Oh yeah. 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 That's the one. That's the one. I would. I would still. Did they try to bring it that bad? That's one of those shows that is always in like a perpetual state of like, I think okay. we're going to re- redo this show, and then they kind of don't or whatever, and so we move on from there. All right, that's it. That's uh, the end of History Lessons. We're only at 14 minutes, too. Jeez. Oh, what a surprise. Even when I try and go short on History Lessons, they go long. 
I blame myself. Um, what else did I have for you guys today? Oh, I have some space news. You guys ready for a little bit of outer space news? Let's do it. Uh, so a huge mysterious bubble has been discovered at the heart of the Milky Way. This came out of NBC News this week. I'm getting this from NBC News. Uh, people think it is the remnants of the vast cosmic explosion that occurred in our galaxy some 7 million years ago. So now we're just seeing the bubbles. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I don't Again, much like last week's news about uh, the dinosaur extinction being uh, solidified by facts, uh, cool. I don't know exactly know how I feel about the space bubbles that we can see, but that's very cool. And if you're concerned about this planet as it is now, uh, we've apparently found life, a found another potentially life-friendly alien planet with Where? water on it. Where? Uh, yeah, Super Earth. It's about, a Super Earth about 111 light years away is the best candidate for uh, habit, uh, habitual life-sustaining practices. I can't say it. I don't know how to say it. I'm the worst. I've had a long day. Give me a break. <laughs> And I keep getting hit with this Just stupid... yourself up. I keep getting hit with this stupid like, ad that pops up on front of the article that wants me to sign up for their... Like, I'm not signing up for your National Geographic. Go to National Geographic. Read about the planet they found. The super Earth. It's going to save us all. It's a thousand light years away. <laughs> I've had a bad day. We're just going to... Let's just go to the bits from other blogs and we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Let's all go home. <laughs> I'm home already. <laughs> I'm at my house now. <laughs> I'm just at my head. All right. Uh, this is a, a quick sports one. Uh, Heather, you're 2 0 in fantasy football. I am. You're the win. champion of fantasy football. Like I'm right? the underdog. Like 2 0 in losing quarterbacks, too, are I know. I, I lost three of them. We t- I told you we're calling you the angel of death now. Yeah. You're like, sign- you're like Elaine in that episode of Seinfeld where they send you to all the rooms with the old people so they can die peacefully. That's what they do with the fantasy quarterbacks on your team. You're the angel of death. Uh, should fans of sports teams, uh, when talking about the team they support, use we or should we have to use they? Uh, since we use, fan- we use we, of course. We. we. Well, the argument is that fans have no impact on the sporting outcome, so why should we say we? Goes, I think who goes to the games? Yeah, who pays? Who buys all the jerseys and pays for all the stuff? Right. Poor argument. We do. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if you like support the team emotionally like and you, you, it's like a we. We're a big family. We all support you. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I used to hate that take. Like you don't play for the Boston Red Sox. We stop calling you guys we. Like I. But I've catched myself doing it for years with almost any team I support. It's a trash so. take for low IQ fools. <laughs> uh, this is another one, and this one might upset the Bills fan contingent uh, in in our listening base. My wife is pregnant with our first son. My dad and grandfather were both lifelong Bills fans. I too am a Buffalo Bills fan, but I've moved away from upstate New York and now live in Los Angeles. Our son will grow up in Los Angeles and be lured by the much more successful Los Angeles Rams. Am I obliged by tradition and family legacy to raise my son as a Bills fan, or should I save him the heartache and not even try? Uh, Don't give your son the Bills, number one. Don't force that on any child. Uh, But I think that this is, I've seen this happen with like people I know who like moved to different places. Like my brother-in-law had this question about... His kids don't like sports at all, turns out, but he had this question at one point in time. He's kind of got to let the kids pick whoever they want. Yeah. They'll come around. I will notice, though, like, if I imagine if you, like, my dad was a Yankees fan. He didn't force me to watch the Yankees, but he watched enough Yankees, and I saw how invested he was in it 
that I was sort of naturally drawn to the thing that my dad liked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that you don't really have to, like, make your kid do something. You don't have to, like, when your kid's born. Try to make your kid be a fan of something. You're sick. Well, like, it's like you don't need to put them in, like, a Buffalo Bills jersey, like, within a month of them being born. If you want to do it and it's cute, that's fine. Yeah, take a little picture. Yeah, it's fine. But, like... You know, I think if you like something and you're invested in it, your kid will either like it or dislike it based on whether they want to be in on it with you or not. Anyway. I think it'd be more exciting to have your kid against you, like, and you guys go against each other for teams and have them like the same team as you. No, that's fair. Maybe? Yeah, that's fun. It makes I a little know. conflict in the house. Like one percent. I mean, my stepdad and I don't like the same football team, and it leads to some fun conversations yeah. if we're around the house or whatever. What team does he like? Well, he likes the football giants in New York. Oh. Well, I like the only football team that actually plays in New York, the champions of New York State currently, the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. So I'll leave yeah. that as it is right there. Uh, what is the best all-around dip? This guy says it's between salsa and hummus. Do you guys have any take that's better? Dips dip? That are, yeah, best overall. Chicken wing dip. What are we talking about? Like- you th- so or you think you would have to make or what? Well, yeah. I think any dip in general. Although I wouldn't put buffalo chicken wing dip in salsa in the same. I feel like salsa is more like a like a routine dip. It's not something you have to like. Okay, you can so get you- salsa from somewhere else. I'm not trying to get a canned buffalo chicken dip. No, oh, so you're you talking make- about something you can just buy as is, not like something you make. Like I don't know. Like, Does it, there wasn't any preamble behind said- it. So okay. I mean, I think that I would rather guacamole. have guacamole, right, than salsa yeah. or hummus, like, on any given day of the week. I just don't want to go through the process of making guacamole regularly. Mm. Kev, you got a sauce? You got a go-to dip? Cheese. Queso. Queso oh, dip. Yeah. Just a melted... I you sitting there munching on a bunch of smashed avocados. <laughs> I would. I love I like, Yeah, that's good, but, like, that's not nacho <laughs> I'll cheese. mix them Let's with not the pretend. cheese. Mix the guacamole yeah. with the cheese. Can you do that? I will. Well, yeah, can I you mean, make cheese? I don't know if it's it. all going to the same place. I mean, yeah. you can make salsa. Yeah. I mean, put in burritos the, the and stuff. I don't get it. Let's do it. Let's close on this last one. Uh, let's exclude Utica Club from the conversation. Gravy a dip? No. <laughs> no. Let's move. No. Dip some bread and some beef gravy. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, move. let's leave Utica Club out of the discussion because we talk about it all the time. Uh, what is the best cheap beer and what is the worst for you personally? Mm. Best cheap beer and worst cheap beer for you personally. Uh, outside of Utica Club, I always sure. ride or die with a Modelo or a Jenny Screamer if I really want a stomach ache and a headache later that night. Um, worst one? I mean, miss me with a Coors Light, man. Like I, I would drink a Bud Light or any sort of generic... Like mainstream light beer over a Coors Light. Yeah, the mainstream domestic lights, I feel like goes another light, but like Coors Light. Yeah, Coors Light at the very lowest bottom. I would almost take probably, I think an Ultra is better than a Coors Light. Like a big Ultra? Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point. Yeah. Heather, you got a take on this? I only like sour beers, but if I I'm big on sour beers right now. Like, I don't, you are, that's great. Yeah. Um, The only thing I would take probably is a, I probably would do a Bud Light. You drink a Bud Light? Yeah, if I had to, and I had to pick the lowest. Yeah, I would say for for Bud good Light. cheap beers, I mean, I like Miller High Life. High Life as yep. a cheap beer that works pretty well for me. Uh, Yingling can normally be oh, found yeah. pretty cheap because yeah. we're around here. That's true. Um, I don't mind a PBR, but if you can get out into something with a little bit more, there's a lot of good cheap beers. Yeah, just for cheap. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, uh, I actually like a lot of the Mexican beers. I like. Corona. I like. Nah, so I'm kind of. I don't hate a Corona. I don't. I'm not corona like, comes in the clear glass, so every Corona you've ever had is probably skunk. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've actually heard that. Too. Just, it, it, I mean, it's the truth. It doesn't. Yeah. That's what makes your beer taste skunky is light. Um, I like a Modelo. I like a uh, Negro Modelo. Those are all right. I don't really like the the white Modelo. I like a white Modelo. Mm, they're a little too can. 
yeah. too buttery and sweet mm. for me. I don't mind that so much. That's fair. Uh, you know what I don't like is a Tecate. There's my my one Mexican beer that I don't mess with very much. A Dos Equis, though. So Always this good. is a nice beer. That's not a cheap beer, though, is it? It's never bordering it's not, on, like, it's mid-level. Not, it's not really particularly expensive. That doesn't count as, like, cheap. For me, in order to be a cheap beer, you got to come in cans. Cans. In, like, 30 racks. In, like, big packs. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, in that, that's what you talk about when you're really talking about yeah. cheap beers. All right. Uh, this was good, guys. Thanks for helping me through my... my Rough day. We hope you feel uh, better. No, I do feel better. Good. I do. Steadfastly exists in the background is my go-to strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't always have to bring you in on every like uh, minor neurotic incident I have. You've dealt with enough of my neuroses over so the years. So you reserve me on the consigliere. You bring me in for a top advice. Top <laughs> advisement only. Uh, this is like the mafia over here. All right. Uh, sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Um, Charles too. Yeah, Charles. You know, I got. I feel bad posting the picture of him with his one like. Is winky eye. pirate eye, but yeah, it looks like some just some young buck cat on the street just caught, caught him, him. Real good hard, bruised his eyelid, sliced him up oh. with a little bit of claw. We were comparing it to uh, like the Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight. Like for years, like Charlie's been the main cat on the street, mm. like owning the street. And then recently, all these, all these other cats have showed up, and he wasn't prepped. He wasn't in training. He hasn't been killing mice lately. He must just be, losing a step. He's losing he's a step. Get, he'll get back out there. I hope not. I'm he really was. concerned. He's yeah. not right. I'm not. He's not. Make him an indoor cat. I don't know. I, I would never oh, work. Yeah, watch, watch when all this blows over in three days and he's tearing <laughs> at the door to go Mind over. you, I'm just going to say before we leave, I got scared to comment. I was going to go to like the, the cat subreddit to like ask some questions uh, about like what I should do in this scenario from cat owners. And they did not seem pleased in general that uh, Charlie was an outdoor cat. Apparently no. there's a big subset. let that go. I mean, I can't. I can't keep him in the house. We, he will not stay in here. Yeah, like, we had four cats and yeah. one of them had to be Too late for him. He came from the outside. Like, if you buy a kitten from somewhere and you bring, like, this little kitten home, it comes to your house, yeah, you probably make the argument, should you let that cat outside? I mean, yeah. no, you probably should. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, cat came, Charles came in from being an outdoor cat. He was raised in the streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not going to be contained. Yeah. Right. And, like, yeah, he's going to have a rougher, probably at some point, shorter life. But that's the life he wants. He's yep. a cat. Let him do his thing. Right. All right. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SFDoom. Follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, taking over the web. Uh, tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week, and hopefully Charlie's eye uh, will look a little bit 